0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Short Side Option Podcast. I'm Chris Sork alongside D.Lu as we preview, no looking back uh, after coming off a buy, but we preview uh, K State's conference opener against Oklahoma State. A uh, 6 p.m. kickoff in Stillwater. Uh, you can find the game on ESPN. Plus, and uh, K State goes in this game undefeated, uh, ranked in the top 25 for the first time uh, since 2017, and uh, facing an Oklahoma State team that has looked pretty darn good this season. Uh, obviously, dropping one last week uh, to the Texas Longhorns in their conference opener. Uh, so the second game in, uh, in conference play for uh, the the Cowboys, but a team that is going to be uh, a dangerous team uh, throughout the conference schedule and uh, one that uh, should find themselves right around the top twenty-five, I think, for uh, you know the most of the most of the season. So. Uh, d I want to bring you in here. Now, I, I just was kind of remarking to myself, after this bye week I think you look incredibly well-rested. well, well rested. I mean, I think there's an extra bounce to your step. You look like, you know, you're really recharged.
1: Yeah, I spent a lot of time in the ice bath.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I know you have been. I saw you just carrying bags of ice into your <laughs> to your bathroom, and I, I was beginning to wonder what was going on. Like, if you were trying to, you know, like, cool it down just for you, but I guess you were getting yourself iced up. Well,
1: I'm a big bath guy, as it is, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, but this week during the bye week, I thought, you know what, let's get healthy, let's mend, uh, let's mend some of these uh, early season injuries, and come out of the bye week fresher and uh, ready to take on the rest of the season. Well, as you uh, refreshed
0: and uh, got your your body right, uh, the Wildcats did the same. Uh, of course, they look ahead now to Oklahoma State. Uh, like as I mentioned, Oklahoma State comes off a loss to uh, to Texas in their conference opener. What did you kind of see from Oklahoma State so far here through their first four games that uh, has caught your
1: eye? Well, throughout the first three games, I came away pretty impressed with the offense for sure. I think uh, Spencer Sanders, the young, dynamic quarterback uh, for Oklahoma State has been pretty impressive through four games, especially... The first three. Um, this is a guy that's got a big arm, and he can do things with his legs that uh, a lot of K State fans sh- will look back. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's it looks pretty familiar. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, he's got the elusive, just crazy elusive. Um, he's not gonna bowl you over like a Colin Klein would, but he might have the hips to make you miss like. Roberson or Eric Crouch or guys like that. Daniel Sands. Yeah. Yeah, As an
0: open field runner, he's not only shifty enough to make you miss, but he's fast enough just to run away from
1: you. Yeah, and he's got a big arm too, which is uh, helpful when you have Tylen Wallace catching balls for you. Um, And so this Oklahoma State offense looks very impressive. Uh, Now, they got slowed down a little bit down in Austin. some of that self-imposed. Absolutely, and, that, and that's just the roller coaster you're going to have with a, a freshman quarterback, um, because he made some regrettable decisions on the 40 acres uh, that really came back to bite Oklahoma State. But Oklahoma State hung around and uh, were able to capitalize on a few Texas miscues uh, to make it a fairly interesting game there in the last five minutes or so. Um, to make Texas sweat a little bit and have to recover a bit of a shaky onside kick.
0: Very shaky. I, when I saw, I was watching that game live, and when I saw that onside kick
1: and I saw it take that bounce and it just kind of stayed afloat for a while. The guy kept, the, I mean, everybody, a big pileup happened, and the guy who recovered the ball was standing flat footed just kind of above yeah, the pile. Like,
0: yeah, like, oh, what have, what have I found right here? You <laughs> this know? must be mine. Yeah, so it was. Uh, Yeah, a little bit shaky there for Texas um, on on the recovery. But, you know, like I said, it it was uh, a game that they fell short in, of course. But a lot of self-inflicted mistakes, of course. But also Texas could say the same thing with a couple muff punts, uh, which K-State fans have have seen as well uh, here through uh, their first three games. But when you look at Oklahoma State offensively, it's a dynamic group. Uh, What about defensively? Texas had a lot of success uh, running the ball on them. The first three games, uh, you know, prior to that, they give they had given up quite a bit to Oregon State uh, as well as Tulsa um, before you know the Texas game. Defense doesn't seem necessarily like it's super strong, but thought that they did make some plays in that Texas game, uh, forcing a couple turnovers that uh, that kept them hanging around in that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that there's I don't think this defense for Oklahoma State is one of the best in the conference by any means. Um, What I think is going to be really interesting is how K-State's power run game fares against this 3-3-5 look that Oklahoma State brings. Um, And it's kind of the in vogue defense around the conference and even around, you know, it's growing throughout the country where teams are putting more defense backs on the field just to cover some of these tougher passing attacks. And so, on Saturday against Texas, Oklahoma State was consistently lining up five to six guys in the box tops, and this is when uh, Texas was really gashing them on the run game. So, I'll be interested to see against a team like K-State that's between the tackles, smash mouth, football, uh, how that defense can... whether that defense is stout enough to slow down K-State's run game especially and I think that the important part of this is going to be again whether Thompson can make him pay over the top whether he can find uh his receivers downfield when if they do commit more guys to the box
0: yeah it'll certainly be interesting I think defensively uh, what Oklahoma State has on that side of ball and what K-State likes to do offensively I think it's a really a, a pretty appetizing matchup uh for K-State but uh you know, it'll. We'll see what we uh, we'll see what we do here on Saturday. Every time K State hooks up with Oklahoma State, it's always uh, a back and forth game. Uh, last last year was really kind of the exception of that, where K State took care of them uh, in in one in a relative with relative ease, I should say, uh, as they coasted there. But every time that it goes down to Stillwater, it's always a uh, always a tight one, and uh, should be uh, I think going to be another classic game in, the, in this uh, series.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, on the surface, it's two teams that are kind of on the edge of the top two teams in the conference that sure. I think a lot of people would consider. I think you'd probably throw Iowa State, maybe Baylor in there as well. Yep, yep. Um, but certainly teams that are vying for a shot to be that second team in Arlington, uh, but, you know, if Texas does stumble. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, a matchup that I don't particularly see these teams as similar but I see them as teams that are going to end up fighting a close game. Yeah. Um they do like they do things very differently. So you'll see Oklahoma State on offense for instance a lot of uh zone reads, zone blocking schemes. Their runs are very lateral. They're going to try to get Hubbard running outside and they're gonna get try to get sanders running outside so i think uh you know it you contrast that with k-state where it's just you know get power 15 times a game uh, and then of course the weapons that oklahoma state has on the edge uh, as well with tylon wallace and some of their uh, other receivers uh, stoner for instance but uh, So two differing philosophies, offensively and defensively, but I think it's going to end up being a pretty close game down in Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, I, I think so as well. So we will bring on here after a short break uh, Marshall Scott. Uh, Marshall, uh, as you may remember, joined us earlier uh, during the off season to kind of preview what Oklahoma State brought to the table here in 2019. And uh, he was nice enough to take some time to join us again uh, here as we uh, preview Uh, Saturday's contest between K-State and Oklahoma State. Uh, We'll have Marshall uh, on the other side of this break. Back after this. All right, we are being joined now by Marshall Scott. Uh, You can follow him on Twitter at Marshall underscore once. He is a beat writer for uh, Pistols Firing, and you can read his work uh, at pistolsfiringblog.com where uh, they do a great job covering all things Oklahoma State. Marshall, thank you for making some time today for us. How are you doing?
2: I'm not too bad. Thank you guys for having me.
0: Absolutely. Well, Oklahoma state, uh, drops a, a tight one to Texas to, to start conference play 36 to 30. And game that was kind of back and forth, uh, Oklahoma state hanging around throughout. And, uh, the game kind of really, uh, turned in, in my estimation when, uh, Oklahoma state, uh, wasn't able to pick up a, a fourth and six on a, on a fake field goal attempt. Uh, but, with Oklahoma state going in as as, a, as an underdog there to Texas and not getting great play out of Spencer Sanders, of course, uh, two interceptions and, uh, but did have some very bright moments. Of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that, but, uh, what were your thoughts on, on, uh, Oklahoma state's, uh, first game in the big 12 here in 2019 against, so, against a, a good Texas team?
2: Yeah, it was, a it was definitely a weird game. Um, you, you came in, you know, thinking Texas was, you know, definitely the better team. But OSU has just found a way to win against Texas these past shoot like ten years. I think Gundy's now seven and three against Texas in the last ten years. So it's just a, a really weird game. OSU had a really tough time in the short yardage, uh, short yardage offense. Um, Chuba Hubbard just wasn't finding the space that he had found, you know, in previous games. He had like thirty seven carries. He still got you know his his yards, but he had to do it on like thirty seven carries. So it was just a it was just a weird game overall. Um, I think you always thought that Texas. Probably should have won. Um, I think they, you know, played better. A couple of muff punts, and uh, that game probably looks a lot, uh, a lot different uh, with Texas in even more favor. But yeah, Spencer Sanders. He had some rough moments. The uh, the first interception was a bad throw. He was a, I think Undy said terrible to describe it the other day. The second one, you can't really knock him too much. Uh, I think his arm got hit on the release. But like you said, he really showed um, some some crazy some crazy plays. There was a run uh, late in the fourth quarter where he and made like four Texas defenders run into each other, uh, juking people out and then running to the the middle of the field. And then he threw, earlier in the game, he threw like a 55-yard bomb. And it was, it was what OSU fans, you know, thought Spencer Sanders was capable of um, in those bright spots. They thought that that was what he was capable of doing. And it was good for Oklahoma State fans to finally see that, you know, he could do those things.
1: Yeah, uh, Marshall, and this is uh, Drew. Uh, for our K-State fans who... May have long memories that uh, this Oklahoma State Texas game reminded me a lot of a game K State played back in 2001 against Oklahoma, where L. Roberson was facing a very good Oklahoma team, a young quarterback there, and you saw some real bright spots out of a dynamic young playmaker, uh, but also just some airs that you see a lot of times with young uh, quarterbacks as well. Uh, And I wanted to talk a little bit about Spencer Sanders. So, uh, Oklahoma state, this offense has a ton of weapons, Hubbard, uh, very dynamic back Sanders, of course, dynamic and a big arm. And then Tylen Wallace as well, who's, uh, is, or, I mean, I think he's the best wide receiver in the conference, but Sanders in particular, w- Gundy doesn't have, or hasn't had this kind of a running quarterback where he he's just as dangerous or maybe even more dangerous with his legs than he is with his arm. How have you seen uh, Oklahoma State's offense
2: evolve uh, with a quarterback who is that lethal on the ground? Yeah, it's really been something crazy. It was, you know, hype levels were at an all-time high after the Oregon State game to start the year. Sanders ran for like 120 yards or something. He hurtled over over somebody. He didn't throw any picks. He looked really good. Um, it's kind of, you know, been up and down since then, but he really, he changes a lot of, of what could happen, I guess. Um, the fan base, some of the fan base, I should say is a little, uh, questionable that they haven't, you know, just like let him, let him go as far as throwing the football. They've still kind of tempered back on that. And I think that early interception against Texas probably, you know, made play callers want to, want to slow down a little bit on him throwing the ball, especially for that game and the, the big stage. But then he, he fought his way back through it and, uh. He, he can do a lot of things. He's He looks like a running back whenever he takes off running. It's it's pretty incredible how just how fast he is, how quick he can change direction, and then that he's also capable of throwing balls, you know, 50, 60 yards downfield.
1: And a lot was made about what Texas did defensively um, in that game where they double teamed Wallace. Do you, uh, Sanders was able to have some success throwing it to other guys, particularly uh, – Dylan Stoner, who had a decent little day as well. Uh, do you think that that's just something that he's going to have to develop as he grows, just going through his progressions? And if if Wallace isn't available, trying to find somebody else.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, the, a lot of teams have sold out to try and stop Tylen Wallace, and it hasn't always worked. Uh, it it did, however, work um, in that Texas game. He, I think Tylen Wallace still had 50, 80 yards, some somewhere in that range. But he wasn't. It wasn't the one. You know. 150 and two touchdowns like he he oddly usually gets miraculously, so that that's been another question that the fan base had is you know who's going to be this the second uh, pass catcher who's going to be the guy that steps up is it going to be Stoner Stoner kind of had a big drop early in that Texas game uh, but then he you know fought back and uh, had a pretty good game of it, so I think that's been a big question mark is a are, is OSU trying to throw to somebody else and then like it's just not happening because Sanders isn't you know working through his reads. Or B, is there not somebody else that's stepping up? And I think that there are people that's stepping up. Jordan McRae's had a really good year. He's a South Alabama transfer. Uh, you mentioned Stoner. Braden Johnson has been uh, incredible when given the opportunity, but he's still a little uh, raw in terms of skill set. He's just a really fast receiver. So that, that's been a question mark for people as far as, you know, when are they going to spread the wealth a little bit in the passing game?
0: Uh, Marshall, Texas had a lot of success on the ground, running the ball 43 times uh, for a little over 210 yards, about a five-yard per carry average there. With K-State coming into town, uh, obviously a physical team that uh, wants to do a lot of their work between the tackles, how do you think Oklahoma State is equipped defensively
2: uh, to slow down K-State's running game? Yeah, it's definitely a point of concern for the team. Um OSU's front, uh, the, the OSU's defensive front, the defensive line, they don't have a ton of experience. I think they lost six guys to either graduation or transfer from last year. So that's a big question mark. And you kind of saw that uh, take shape against Texas. Uh, with that said, the OSU defense, you know, they didn't play great against Texas. But I think that they played well enough to win, um, you know, holding Texas to the least amount of points that they'd scored this season. That includes the uh, LSU game. That includes games against Rice and uh, Louisiana Tech. I think was their other opponent. Yep. So it was. It was just. It's definitely a point of concern, but you know, it's not going to miraculously get better overnight. We'll see if Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator, can can scheme uh, for what some of what um, Kansas State's going to do. But yeah, that's definitely a point of concern heading in. Uh,
0: and if Oklahoma State, I I expect this personally to be a bit of a high-scoring affair, because I think Oklahoma State's going to uh, get their points, uh, whether it's on the ground or through the air. But I guess in your opinion, uh, Marshall, what are your biggest keys uh, for success if Oklahoma State's going to win this game?
2: Yeah, so it's really weird. I think it's also going to be a high-scoring game, but maybe not in the ways that you know high-scoring games usually come. It might be a you know this team runs for 50 yards and this team runs for 50 yards. So I think that that can be pretty weird. Um, I think... What OSU wants to do, what they've been, you know, thus far this season when they're successful, is to get Chuba Hubbard in open space early. Um, that really opens up the rest of the offense as far as you know, running zone reads for uh, Sanders off that, and then eventually drawing that safety off from over the top of Tylen Wallace, where you can, you know, uh, get a vertical threat downfield. So I think getting the run game going early will, you know, decide a lot for this game for Oklahoma State.
0: Well, it'll certainly be uh, it'll certainly be a good game. I, I feel all every time that Oklahoma State and K State hook up uh, on the gridiron, it always seems to be a pretty darn interesting game that comes down to about the final uh, couple possessions. So I expect this one uh, really to be no different. Uh, we're here with Marshall Scott. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Marshall underscore once. He is an Oklahoma State beat writer uh, for Pistols Firing. And uh, you can find his work at PistolsFiringBlog.com. Marshall, uh, of course, being uh, your second time here on the short side option, you know all about the three and out. And uh, I've got three quick ones here before you go. Uh, I was looking around on Twitter today and I noticed uh, that it looked like uh, there was a media pickup basketball game uh, over there uh, in Stillwater as Oklahoma State gets ready to tip it off uh, with uh, basketball practices getting started. Uh, how did, Were you uh, Were you participating in this uh, little pickup game?
2: Yes, I was. I was on the, uh, the losing side. Um, we played, I believe, 20 minutes. My team lost 34 to 10. It was not a pretty outing. Um, the way it worked was the, the men's captains were a team captain or a group of coaches, and the women's captains were team captains, like another group of coaches. And it was kind of a schoolyard pick. I'd like to point out that I was either the third or fourth overall pick of this okay. media draft. So thank you, thank you. There we go. Um, but yeah, it, our, our draft—I uh, wouldn't even say after me, before me, me—it it didn't work out for us. We we got hammered pretty good. We could not get up and down the floor. We were quite out of shape.
0: Well, you know, as uh, as the uh, as the cowboys and cowgirls start basketball practice here, I know that they're probably going to be fighting off a little rust. So I'll just let you chalk that one up to some uh, some early season rust here, uh, Marshall. But uh, through four games now for Oklahoma State, uh, you know. Things have gone pretty well for Oklahoma State. What has maybe caught your eye as either the biggest surprise, either as a positive or a negative, uh, that maybe from what you were expecting, uh, whether it's on an individual uh, or, you know, a certain side of the ball for
2: Oklahoma State here through four games? Before the Texas game, I would say that the offensive line has been a a pleasant surprise for Oklahoma State. They really, you know, have been opening up a lot of holes. Chuba Hubbard scored a 75-yard touchdown run on the first play against Tulsa. Um, So I'd say that they were – they were definitely a, a positive surprise. You, you thought that they would be good with uh, Charlie Dickey coming over from K-State. You thought that they, you know, had a chance to be pretty good. They have a lot of veteran guys. Um, against Texas, it, it didn't work out as as much. Uh, they kind of just got out athleted. You know, Te- the Texas D-line was just better. And that's just kind of how it went. So I'd say that 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 was a pretty uh, positive surprise for Oklahoma State fans.
0: And finally, uh, got to ask you for a prediction on uh, Saturday's game. Uh, Four and a half point spread, as these games often are, as I mentioned earlier, always tight, always
2: competitive. Uh, how do you
0: see Saturday and Stillwater shaking out?
2: Yeah, I haven't honestly I haven't put too much thought to this yet. We uh, we do our staff picks on Thursday, I believe. Thursday? That that sounds right. Anyways, I haven't put too much thought to this yet, but off the top of my head, I'm very impressed with the work that uh, Chris Kleiman has done in his first year at K stated They have not missed a beat. If anything, they've you know progressed beyond expectation to this point um with that said oh that's gonna be tough it's gonna be a night game still Stillwater those can get pretty crazy just in general I think I would take <clears throat> I said earlier that I was gonna pick K-State but I think I'm talking myself into taking Oklahoma State um I'll go 32-28 Oklahoma State okay a uh,
0: a tight game uh, as as we've said Uh, Or as I've said here a couple times now, every time that K-State goes down to Stillwater, it's bananas. It's always a, it's always not only a tight game, but always a memorable game. I mean, where it's dating back to
1: '99.
0: Yeah, '99 was well. Back then, I mean, we were able to pull away, but we dug ourselves a huge hole early on. But uh, obviously, the 2003 game was kind of wacky. Uh, 2011 is is crazy of a game. As 07 was crazy. Yeah, there's all sorts of uh, games in the K State o- Oklahoma State series that are always competitive and always uh, come down the wire. And I think, from what Marshall says and what we both think, it it uh, looks like we might be in for another classic. So, yeah. well, Marshall, uh, thank you again uh, for making some time with us uh, here on the short side option. Uh, we'll be sure to keep in touch and uh, best of luck to you the rest of the season.
2: All right. Thank you guys for having me.
0: All right. That was Marshall Scott of uh, pistolsfiringblog.com. Uh, Marshall, like I said, does a great job covering uh, Oklahoma State football. They do all do a great job over there at Pistols Firing Blog. Uh, great place to go check out and read up on uh, the Cowboys prior to Saturday's game. Should be a good one. and. Uh, Dilu, let's go ahead and kind of get into our analysis on the game here. After hearing what uh, Marshall had to say about uh, the Pokes side of things, I'm just going to ask you to look at it, you know, somewhat simply. When Oklahoma State has the ball, what does K-State need to do to slow down that attack?
1: You know, I've been noodling on this all week and thinking about, okay, how does how's K-State going to try to contain uh, Spencer Sanders? Is it Do you throw the kitchen sink at him with blitzes? Do you try to confuse the young quarterback um, and get him to make mistakes uh, on your end? Uh, But as I thought about it, I thought, you know, I think the smarter play here is to give him enough rope and let him, you know, get himself in trouble. Because where Oklahoma State can really get dangerous is when you get Spencer Sanders out in space. Sure. And... All it takes is one missed tackle from a K-State rusher to get that guy loose. And, you know, K-State has been okay at getting quarterback pressure this season, but they've had some troubles bringing down quarterbacks in the backfield. Yeah, that's
0: always always what's so frustrating. You
1: have them dead to rights and either get a pass away or pick up a few yards on the ground or find a guy. Well, and they've had trouble bringing down guys a lot tougher, or I mean a lot easier to bring down than Spencer Sanders. So I think the way, the best way to do it is to uh, not worry about pressuring him too much. Make sure your defensive ends have contain, especially uh, with Hubbard running side to side as much as he does. Um, and just basically getting a wash in terms of the line of scrimmage when it comes to Oklahoma State throwing the ball. Um, and then just having guys sit back and hope that he's just impatient enough and tries to force something, uh, as he did at least once in the Texas game that uh, I believe Marshall referenced, uh, Coach Gundy said, was a horrible throw. Um, it wasn't so, great. No. Yeah, and so otherwise, um, you know, Texas double-teamed Tylen Wallace. I think that's probably the move. Take away Sanders' favorite target, have him move through his progressions. Um, and then it's, with Hubbard, man, you just can't let him break tackles. And that's not really his specialty. His specialty is uh, shiftiness and just blazing speed. But if K-State can, you know, be willing to give up seven-yard runs, eight-yard runs, that you can live with that. But what will really get K-State in trouble is if he's busting off much bigger chunk plays where it's, you know, you get into the 20, 30, yard range and beyond, because he can certainly do that. So I think the name of the game this weekend is just contain. Um, I think the defenses K-State saw under Snyder are the move for this game in terms of just keep everything in front of you and hope that uh, Oklahoma State makes mistakes between the 20s because they're liable to do that. You know,
0: one thing I'm a little, I, I think I might disagree with you a little bit in terms of of how to get after Sanders the best. I do think the best way to confuse him is by by mixing it up, being multiple. Whether if it's delayed blitz, uh, blitzes from, whether if it's off the corner, maybe off the short side of the field, something like that, to where it makes him really either get the ball out quickly or you know come off maybe his initial read if you know that's the case. I think you just have to keep them uncomfortable. I also think you're going to see linebacker spine. Um, curious on your thoughts with uh, with Sullivan or uh, Daniel Green. I would think would be best suited to to serve as that spy. Uh, kind of what your thoughts are on that, and also um, another thing that I would like to see a little bit more out of K State uh, in terms of in terms of how they bring pressure is. I'd like to see it come up the middle a little bit more than maybe off the outside where it kind of breaks contain a little bit. But if you can pr- pressure him up the middle and really collapse that pocket, it doesn't give him a whole lot more room to go.
1: Yeah, I, man, I'm just nervous about committing so many guys to the line of scrimmage, especially because he rolls out so much. I mean, a lot of Oklahoma State's offense against Texas, at least, was off the bootleg and getting him out into space, you know, rolling the pocket a little bit. And so, if we are going to bring heat, uh, I think it makes sense to bring it from the outside just because, from what I've seen, he's his proclivity is to try to bounce runs outside. Sure. And so, um, I think if you could protect and keep him contained in the pocket as much as you can, that's probably the safer call. Now, you might not get the big sack that way, but I think that... Again, if we can just neutralize his his legs, I think that's the better move. And I do think that mixing in a spy every, you know, commonly, not necessarily every play, yeah. but mixing in a spy to keep him uncomfortable is a good idea too.
0: Yeah, and what, what I guess I should say too is what I want K-State to do is when they do bring blitzes, I don't want it to be... Always from the edge. I don't want it to always be from up in the middle. I want a nice little mixture here. Whether sure. if it's also zone blitz looks, which you know we haven't seen a ton of uh, that, that I can think of off the top of my head uh, so far this season. But I think the best way to, uh, to really get him confused is by throwing lots
1: of different types of pressures at him. Right. And that, well, I think we're essentially saying the same thing, just skinning the cat different ways, is that you want to make Spencer Sanders make mistakes because he'll do that. And so as, whether yeah, it's any young quarterback, what, whether it's forcing a ball into coverage when he's impatient in the pocket, or making him roll through reads quickly, or you know go to his outlet quickly if you're bringing a blitz, I think that those are all decent ways. I mean, this is kind of a non-committal answer, but I I don't think that there's necessarily a wrong way to do it, other than to leave Tylen Wallace. Uh, in man coverage, one on one, but I I'll be really interested to see what Hazelton dials up this week to put pressure on the young quarterback.
0: You know, one thing that you had mentioned to me earlier this week that I, I did some further research on uh, was Chuba, Hub- Chuba Hubbard. Uh, obviously, one of the better running backs in the country, I believe leads the nation in rushing yards per game uh, here through uh, through four weeks of the college football season. He has ran the ball 103 times so far this season, which is 21 fewer times than he has ran the ball, uh, you know, as of his entire career, which is based off one season last year. 124 carries last year, 103 so far already this year. Coming off of consecutive games where he's had 37 and 32 uh, rushing attempts uh, in those games, which, uh, you know, that's a lot. I mean, that you don't see running backs carrying the ball thirty plus times a game very often. By
1: comparison, James Gilbert, K State's leading uh, rusher, has carried the ball forty three times. Now, granted, yeah. Oklahoma State's played an extra game. Yeah. But regardless, that's a ton of carries for a guy who's not the prototypical, uh, you know, workhorse running back. Yeah, and you know he's he's no, um, I mean he's no shrimp by any stretch. He's
0: 207". So he's he's a you know big guy, but that's a lot of carries for anyone to be taking, especially early on in the season. So be interested to see maybe if he starts showing a little bit of wear, maybe not necessarily this week, but uh, as things uh, continue uh, for Oklahoma State this year. Well, let's switch sides of the ball. When K State has the ball on offense, I think this is a really good matchup for K State offensively. Uh, I think K State should be able to run the ball uh, pretty darn effectively. And I think Skyler Thompson has had experience going on the road and playing well in Stillwater. Um, as you remember, he quarterbacked that team in 2017 to an upset win over a top 10 uh, Oklahoma State team, I believe. I believe they were in the top 10. They're either that or they're right outside. Definitely a top 15 uh, win on the road. But all things considered, uh, when you look at this matchup for K-State, you have to like what you see, don't you?
1: Yeah, and like I said earlier, I, mean, I want to see how this offense works against a defense that uh, has five defensive backs on the field. Because, you think, and that's one thing I—you you, can always kind of
0: massage, you know, by bringing maybe a guy down into the box a little bit yeah. more often. But you know, that guy is going to probably be a little bit slider, of build, a
1: lot slider. I mean, and, probably in the to the tune of about sixty pounds slider. Yeah, and so I—I think that that's an advantageous. Um, you know, lineup advantage for K State. Just you're going to have a guard busting through that hole and lighting up some guy who weighs 170 pounds. And so I think that that's I, re, I like you said earlier. I think Messingham Messingham's just got to be drooling looking at these defenses around the conference who are uh, running this three three five defense. Um, Is just an opportunity to just let the ground game, just go wild. Yeah, and
0: I think he can do that in a couple of different ways, whether if it's just, you know, I, I think the the between-the-tackles power that you see K-State run, I think that's a play that you can kind of just say again and again and again on until until Oklahoma State
1: figures starts, something out. Yeah, yeah. Starts,
0: starts solving it. And then if they do, then we move off of it and, you know, do something different and come back to it a little bit later, you know, massage that a little bit. But, uh, yeah, how do you just kind of overall see this matchup for K-State is, as, we, uh, as we look to move the ball offensively against this Pokes defense?
1: I see it. I, I like what K-State's got here. Um, you know, last against Mississippi State, I said the same thing, that this is a defensive line that is going to have its handful, hands full, um, trying to stop this, this running attack. And, you know, Ingram for Texas had a lot of success on the ground. Running for uh, 114 yards on 21 carries. so good day for him um, against this Oklahoma State defense. And through this early part of the season, I haven't seen a def- an offense in the con- not in the country, in the conference uh, who runs the ball better than K State. And so I think the game plan is what the game plan has been, and that's run the ball between the tackles for as long as you can. And then if Oklahoma State starts getting committing a ton of guys to the box, that's when you hit them with play action.
0: Okay, so we've we've laid it out offensively and defensively kind of how these matchups look. Give me an X factor on either side of the ball, uh, maybe for both teams or for one team maybe that particularly sticks out to you.
1: Well, for K-State on defense, I th- I think that there's a clear X factor here, and that's the defensive ends. I think that those guys, like I said earlier, the name of this game is going to be Contain. And if K-State has success on defense, it's going to be keeping Oklahoma State's running attack bottled up between the tackles. And if the defensive ends can get upfield and set the edge for, on Sanders and set the edge on those zone reads, then I think K-State's defense is going to have a ton of success. On When K-State has the ball, I think I'd be looking at... Gosh, the the guys in the box for Oklahoma State to see whether or not the six or seven with the safety, uh, if those guys can contain K-State's running game without devoting too much or changing too much of what they do stylistically. Um, And if that's the case, then I think that Oklahoma State could have some success, but I think that's going to be a tall task for this Oklahoma State defense.
0: What I think Oklahoma State's going to do defensively is I think they're going to really sell out against the run. And I think it's going to open up a lot of easy pitches and catches for um, for Skyler as long as the receivers are able to create separation. I wasn't all that impressed with the defensive backfield of Oklahoma State uh, against the Texas team that I saw uh, on Saturday. One play in particular, that busted
1: coverage that they had oh, on yeah. – The long throw. Yeah, the Eagles
0: down the down the side where it was. I mean, completely busted coverage and a walk in touchdown. I think Malik Knowles has a big game. I think this game sets up really well for him. I don't know if it's going to be 2017 Byron Pringle esque, but I can see. But maybe, but maybe it could be. We'll have to we'll have to tune in and see. But I think that this is a game that K State really uh, can make some hay in the passing game, whether it is with Shone. Uh, whether if it is with um, with uh, Malik Knowles, I, I think the opportunities will be there because I think Oklahoma State is going to be um, overcommitting committing uh, to the run and trying to stop the run, and I think that there will be some opportunities there for K-State in the passing game. Defensively, I look at the defensive ends, as you mentioned, too. I think that's a great point. Uh, another guy that I'm looking at uh, is... Um, is Wayne Jones and and uh, Denzel Goolsby the the two safeties? I think that oftentimes you're going to see them shaded, uh, one of which, who, wh- whichever one uh, it, you know is on that side or however they have it. Um, how however they have those safeties positioned uh, defensively is going to be shading probably Tylan Wallace and limiting those big plays. Uh, I think is going to be uh, the name of the game. I don't know if we'll see. A constant double of Tylen Wallace, but I do think that he'll he'll be doubled and have bracket coverage, or at least someone helping over the top, where it might not be straight double, but they're they're shading that way uh, to uh, to limit those big plays and those explosive plays in the, in the passing game. Because I did see a note from Climent uh, today in his press conference that uh, time of possession is going to be big in this one. Uh, they want to limit uh, the type of uh, impact Oklahoma State's able to have offensively and uh, keeping those big plays uh, off, the, off the board and off the field for Oklahoma State is just as big a part of that as, as any, if you ask me.
1: All right, Icon, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Saturday night down in Stillwater. Big 12 game of the week, which you can find for some reason on ESPN+. Plus. Icon, how do you see this game shaking out?
0: Well, it's going to be a tight one, as these K-State-Oklahoma State games often are. I picked against K-State two weeks ago as they went down to Starkville. They came out with a win. Do I pick against K-State in hopes that maybe, you know. This mojo I, I, keeps going? And, you know, that would be. Fade the icon, folks. That would be just silly to do. Because what I say, I mean, what's that have really to impact on the game? Are there any higher powers here at work? I don't think so. Of course there are. You you think so? Could be. You think so? Well, you know what? We're gonna try to buck this. I think K State's gonna win this one. Thirty one to thirty. In a nail biter with a walk off field goal for Blake Lynch.
1: All right. Neat little guy out there getting the game winner, huh? Well, it's very funny you try right. you think it's a one point game, I think it's a one point game too. But my score is slightly lower. Slightly lower. Okay. And, and a score that might resonate with some K State fans. 29-28, Kansas State coming out victorious. I think K-State uh, does just enough to limit the big plays. And uh, the Wildcats come out on top in this one.
0: Okay. Any, I mean, do we have a walk-off field goal in this one, or is it just, you know?
1: Because 29 is kind of a tough score to get to. Yeah, I forgot how we got there against Nebraska in 2000. Because um, that was 29-28, right? I believe so. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's, this is it, this you're kind of chanting a little bit of
0: uh, Vicky Valancourt that I and that ain't no guess that's what's going to be <laughs> yeah I like it D-O. uh
1: maybe a, maybe climbing goes for two at the end of regulation you know we get that 2011 opportunity back mm. yeah well we never had that opportunity oh you're right we would have gone for two would we
0: well of I course I don't know if we would have or not. That's a, that'll always be a question though that that uh, always have in the back of my mind what we would have I bet we would have kicked.
1: Mm, yeah, probably. So.
0: <laughs> that was it, a hell of a game though. Yeah. Earthquake, everything. Yeah, I mean that, that game had everything. Natural
1: disaster. It's a terrified Kirk Herbstreit. Yeah, past game. it
0: had it had everything you could ask for in a Big Twelve conference game. So when well, we both see the Cats uh, pulling out a a heart stopper in Stillwater. Uh, I've got 31-30 uh, D. Louis over there, 29-28, uh, should be a, a memorable one down there in Stillwater. Uh, that will do it here for the uh, review of, of kind of what we have uh, here, or the preview, I guess I should say, uh, reviewing uh, what Marshall had to say and giving our predictions here on the short side option. After a short break, we'll be back with this week's
1: Wildcat Legend and Ask the Icon. See you after the break. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Short Side Option Podcast, where we just got finished giving our thoughts on this week's Oklahoma State game. And our next segment is brought to you by our friends, Assurance Exteriors. Assurance Exteriors. Total Outward Care, Total Inward Assurance. You can visit them at assuranceexteriors.net for any kind of uh, damage to your house or... Or, maybe you just or need a
0: new roof. Maybe, maybe you need, need a new one. roof, yeah.
1: They'll, they'll do it for you. Uh, and this segment is, of course, a segment we call This Week's Wildcat Legend. And we have a true Wildcat Legend this week, Icon. It's something oh, baby, I can't even... I can't wait to see who this one is. A real treat for our listeners, apropos of our opponent this week. And who could I be talking about... None other than the safety from Hayes America. Hayes America. Number two, Marcus Watts. Now, uh, Marcus Watts played three years for Kansas State. Was a three-year starter. Uh, Career numbers, just incredible. 116 solo tackles, tacked on 44 assists. Uh, Eight of those were for a loss. Had two sacks for the safety in his career at K-State. And four interceptions over his three seasons. But, of course, one game sticks out in his career. One of my favorite K-State games of all time, actually. And that's the 2006 Oklahoma State. That was a hell of a game. That was a day. That was one hell of a game. Man, if you weren't riding high after that game, then you needed to have your pulse checked. Because that was the first game Josh Freeman started. Leon Patton, freshman running back, had a monster day as well. And, uh, Watts was just the clutchest guy on the field that day.
0: That is one of my favorite games. I'm glad you bring that up. That is, when people talk about, and that's a game, uh, I believe was not also on TV. Uh, on cable TV. Well, I know I listened to it on the radio. Yeah, I was, I was there, and I have a great story about that, but I'll, I'll, uh,
1: I'll let you get after it here. Well, without... Having a game feed in front of me, um, and I—I I, I could be your eyes. I, here for I'm, this. I'm going as the uh, just on memory here. So Oklahoma State's driving down to get the go-ahead score, I believe. Need a at touchdown. The, end of the game. Need a they touchdown. They needed a touchdown, and the K-State defense was leaking water a little bit, but towards the end of that game, Watts just was batting down every pass that was in his range. Um, do, do you want to remember? My, you want to hear my memory on that? Yeah. So I had uh, probably the best seat in the house
0: for this. So I was with my dad. We had uh, tickets on the east uh, club side. We won them at at some you know raffle or some auction or whatever. So we were sitting on the. The Nuffra. It might have been. I can't quite recall. All right. But we were there, and we were uh, on the farthest farthest north box on the east on the east side suites. Which is the direction they were driving. Which is the direction we were driving. And so Oklahoma State has the ball. I can't remember exactly. I think they had all three timeouts for some reason. And they were driving down Josh by Josh Freeman had
1: just scored a touchdown. Josh Freeman had just ran into a touchdown. He had that big run where he bowled over into the south end zone. Yeah.
0: There. It was the score was 31-27. So Oklahoma State needs a touchdown to win this thing. And there's about, about 25 30 seconds left, if I remember right. And they have the ball at the 25, 30-yard line. You think, okay, we can run some plays here. We can, we don't need to just take shots at the end zone for three or four straight downs. Well, you know what they did? They took shots at the end zone every play from the 30, 40, or the 25, 30-yard line. Going for the throat. And they literally just threw Hail Marys or or shots. I shouldn't say Hail Marys, but shots in the end zone on each play. And it was Marcus Watts that, uh, and that was, he had a, he had a
1: cast on for
0: that. Game yeah. Too. He had a club. I mean, cause he had injured his, injured his, uh, his wrist or hand, uh, in a previous week. He had and a Brandon Herald club. He did. He really did. And it was one of uh, the most exciting games. And it was great having those seats. Cause you're looking just right down the end zone on that. And, uh, it, it's a game that I won't forget for a long time. That was a a, a really a classic ending for, for this K-State-Oklahoma State uh, series that has really
1: produced some very memorable games. And, of course, Marcus Watts finished that day with four tackles and an interception. On the last play of the game. Two passes. Yeah, that's right. Two pass deflections and uh, tacked on 11 yards, returning punts. That game as well. at all. Uh, in fact, that was his only game that he was fielding punts. But, um, man... It's, it's memories like that, moments like that, and games like that, which make Marcus Watts this week's Wildcat Legend. All right, Icon, now we're moving into our final segment on this week's show, a segment we call Ask the Icon, where listeners can submit their own questions to the short side options, Chris the Icon Sork, and they can do that by uh, submitting questions in all sorts of ways. I think we've documented it at this point. But uh, the most prominent way they can do it is via, the, uh, via Twitter.com. Uh, you just send a tweet to the Short Side Options Twitter account, which is at TSSO underscore podcast, or using the hashtag AskTheIcon. And our first question this week comes from a longtime listener, Big Dog in Madison. And Big Dog says, as the Short Side Options self proclaimed Big Ten correspondent, I was curious which team you think would be the most interesting matchup for K-State. She has a couple other questions tacked onto this. So but
0: I'm saying most interesting matchup. Most for interesting
1: K-State. matchup for K-State in the Big Ten.
0: Wow, that's a really good question. And you know what I would like to say here? You know, I got yeah. Go well, no, go on. The it's one like, that I'd most like to see is Nebraska. It's exactly what I was going to say. Because we just beat the shit out of <laughs> them. <laughs> I think so too. We just beat them to a pulp. Yeah. And uh, they they're gonna get their uh, they're gonna get it handed to them pretty fairly I think uh, by Ohio State this weekend up in uh, Lincoln game days up there uh, I don't see that game being very close at all personally uh, we'll see I mean obviously it'll be a great environment up there in uh, up there in Lincoln but that would be if I could have one game where um, we would that I would love to see out of Big Ten that'd be the one
1: and wouldn't it be sweet watching K-State just run the ball to death on Nebraska. And, yeah. And just having their fans think, oh, yeah, I remember uh, when I, we used I, to do this.
0: Yeah, I remember when we used to
1: do this for pretty much 15 straight years. This looks vaguely familiar yeah. in another life. Uh, Big Dog's second question. How does Madison, Wisconsin's tailgating scene rank amongst other college environments y- you visited?
0: Well, it's a little bit
1: different. So you, you have gone to Wisconsin games. I have. I've gone to two. Okay, when was the last game you went to? Uh,
0: I went, well, obviously I went to, uh, oh, I guess maybe not obviously, but I went last week when they played Michigan. Oh, no kidding. I did. You were in Camp Randall for the Wisconsin-Michigan game. Wasn't much of a game, but I was there. All right. And I I, had gone it last year uh, when they had uh, taken on uh, Illinois in what was a another Big Ten game. Uh, a barn burner. No, no, not a barn burner at all. Actually,
1: well, that's pretty impressive because Illinois has got a heck of a team. <laughs>
0: they do. Lovey Smith has got the boys going in the right direction, but I, um, it's a little bit different. So, the the main drag in terms of kind of bars close to um, bars close to Camp Randall is on Regent Street, and you've got these big bars which. Are, you know obviously big on the inside but also have big outdoor tents and, and patios. I mean these things can fit five, six hundred people you know in inside as well as outside and maybe not inside but definitely can put, fit a lot of folks outside. So it, it's not as traditional as like when you think of excuse me when you think of Manhattan where you have big parking lots where everyone has their own car. And, you know, just kind of does it there. But there's as much more in a, in a bar scene. So it's a little bit different than K-State, but it's a great atmosphere. And uh, if you're looking for a great place to go watch a college football game, there's not a whole lot better, I, I in my estimation, uh, than, than the environment uh, at Camp Randall in Wisconsin. Uh, fans are into it from start to finish. I got to witness my first ever jump around, which that's pretty wild. I mean, they, they get after it. And they... Um, I mean, they dominate that game, too. Yeah, very Uh, impressive. This Wisconsin team is going to be a... I think it's clearly the class of the Big Ten West and definitely a national title
1: contender. All right. We'll we'll keep our eye on the Badgers. Uh, Moving on to listener Mahomes' season at KSU underscore funny 33. He asks, How do you guys choose your Wildcat legend? Do you take nominations? Well, this isn't a question for the icon. Um, may I? <laughs> By all means. All right, welcome to a segment we call Ask d Lou. Uh, d Lou can submit questions, or I'm sorry, listeners can submit questions to the short side option, uh, for d Lou. uh, and the way to do that is ask a question, um, directed to me. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's exactly how they do it.
1: Yeah. Um, so, listener, at KSU underscore funny, how do we choose Wildcat Legends? Man, it's a backlog of uh, just phenomenal K State players, and we've got—we must have close to—I don't know, 200 in the hopper at oh, any yeah. given
0: point. Yeah, just at a moment's notice, we'll go to them. Yeah, and so it and obviously contains football and basketball.
1: Yeah, so it's a—it's a Rolodex. Um, we shift through. We try to figure one that we really want to highlight each week. Um, and you're free to, yeah, listeners are free to nominate. Wildcat Legends, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be the legend that week. I mean, because they
0: go through a vetting process. Yeah,
1: these these guys are no joke. Um, it's it's a title that we don't hand out willy-nilly. But, um, yeah, if you've if you got somebody in mind, if you think that, man, you know what? Warren Lott hasn't been getting enough love in the collective yeah. memory of K-State fans. And, yeah, go ahead. Uh, we'll be happy to consider him. All right, now we're going to get back to a segment we call Ask the Icon. Um, and you can submit those questions via Twitter. Uh, so, our next question comes from Mahomes season at KSU underscore funny 33. He asks, how do you think Bruce celebrated when he heard the news about the NCAA infractions at KU?
0: Well, knowing Coach Weber, I don't think he probably... I don't know if celebrate would be the right term, but... I think he said, well, you know what? It's what happens. You know, if you, if you you know, live either, I don't think, I don't even think I would say you living in the gray area, but if you, if you break the rules and things happen and you get uh, notice of allegations, it's what you deserve. So I don't, I don't know if there's any celebration that'd be, I'd be interested to hear exactly what happened, but I would say Bruce just kind of said, huh, how about that? Kept his nose down and. Hit back on the recruiting trail, which he, which he does such a great job on.
1: I wonder if he was disappointed to learn uh, the depths that some programs would sink in order to gain a competitive advantage.
0: I think that that is also a potential emotion that he might feel. No question.
1: It's pretty shameful state of affairs over on uh, Mount Oread. Um, but moving on, uh, listener emailboys at email underscore boys asks... Uh, a short question. He says, Runza? Never had one. You, you have, you've never had a beer rock? I've had a beer rock, but I've never had a Runza. Aren't those the same thing? S- one of the
0: same. But... Basically
1: a Hot Pocket, as far as I can tell.
0: Yeah, but I've never had one. I haven't either. They they used to have one in Warren's. I don't know if they still do have a Runza They
1: used to have one over by, um, off of Metcalf and um, Mission, maybe? Well, over by that uh, Jose Peppers over there. Hmm. You know? Yeah. That whole shopping center where they got Pepper Jacks and Popeyes. They used to have a runs over that way, too. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Huh. It's not there anymore, but, uh, no. But, heck of a question from email, boys. Keep bringing it every week as you do. And our final question on this week's edition of the Short Side Option Podcast uh, comes from listener Nick Ward at W. our... uh, our uh, favorite Texan, Nick asks, <clears throat> "Howdy, Icon. Skyler has had great success against the Pokes over his career. What is it about Okie State that makes him quote unquote ball out? Maybe their wacky jerseys?"
0: Well, I don't know if there's anything about their that their about their threads, about their tops and their britches that necessarily bring uh, 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 Skyler to a different
1: uh, level. All right, settle down. Sit, but, sit down, Icon, and I'll, but, I'll remind the listeners to please avoid raising uniforms in your Ask the Icon questions. I cannot stress that enough, but Icon, have, have they you added
0: yourself? Yeah, thank you, D. I, I, uh, it's always nice to have you give me that kind of reassurance there and bring me back down a little bit, but no, what I think it is, is he's only had one um, appearance on the road there. Of course, uh, 2-0 against them as a starter. Uh, last year, of course, started as well uh, against the Pokes. But, you know, really what I think it is is Oklahoma State hasn't had a very strong defense. And when K-State's, in these last two games where they've, they've taken care of Oklahoma State, they've had a lot of success on the ground, and it set them up for play-action passes. And I could, man, you should just see the reaction here on D-Lo. He, he's just saying, preach, I call.
1: Yeah. Preach! I, 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 brother. I almost strained my neck nodding so much with you there. Um, but, I mean, that's really, the, that's really the key. Well, the 2017 game was totally play action. And that was something that drove me nuts that Dimmel and Coleman wouldn't use more because you have a team that, that was so emphasized running the ball so much but so rarely took advantage of the opportunities that establishing the run game gave you with play action and punishing teams for, for stepping up. And if you go back and look at that 2017 game, those passes to Pringle were out of the play action.
0: Yeah, and they were he was running free, most of them. Or not maybe necessarily running free, but had a, at least a step or two on on the defender, and Skyler was able to deliver a good ball, and the rest is history. And but when you look at last year, uh, Skylar Thompson didn't have a particularly good game. He was 11 of 22. Uh, Alex Barnes was, I mean, he was the bell cow. 34 carries, 181 yards, and four touchdowns. Um can you know, have really case they only threw the ball for hundred and thirty yards. They did all their damage on the ground.
1: Yeah, and that was a game where Zuber had some miscued miscues as well, if I remember correctly. Um and Knowles actually got some run in that game uh too. So a bit of a different wide receiving core. Yeah, than we it, used Obviously to
0: different what we were doing offensively was is different now yeah. than than it was uh than it was last year. But no, I think really more than anything else is in the two games that K-State has had uh, with Schuyler Thompson, at quarterback against Oklahoma State, K-State's been able to run the ball effectively, and it's really set up the play-action pass for K-State, and that really fits Schuyler Thompson's game. And if K-State's going to win, which we both think it, uh, they will, and it will be a tight one, uh, that running game is going to have to be effective, and is going to have to make them pay uh, when they commit maybe too many guys in the box and leave a single coverage on their wide receivers. And if the wide receivers can beat, the, beat their man, um, look for another big day from Scholar. So I think that pretty well answers
1: it. Yep. G- great question from uh, our Texan. All
0: right. Well, folks, that wraps
1: up this edition of the
0: Short Side Option Podcast. Uh, Dilo, is there anything you want to add here before uh, we uh, let these listeners go?
1: Nope. I just hope the listen- listeners have a great rest of the week and that they enjoy their weekend and that they get to – have a lot of fun watching the K State game on Saturday night.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and folks, that's on ESPN Plus. So, run to your computer, uh, tablet, iPhone, whatever the case is. Download the ESPN uh, app if you don't already have it. Get ESPN Plus. I believe it's what five bucks a month. It's a four ninety nine icon. Okay, four ninety nine a month, and uh, you know, charge it to your credit card.
1: Yeah, credit card. God's Godspeed. Send a money to... order. I mean, whatever it takes. Yeah. Um, Godspeed to our listeners out there who have to try to teach their parents how to buy and then watch ESPN Plus because that, that'll be a tall test, too. And, you know, it really is a shame that this game is on ESPN Plus because this is the best game in the conference this
0: this week. And, eh, maybe not the best game, but I think it's the best game. Oh, I think it is. Yeah, I think it's the best game. What's the best game? Oklahoma Tech? Uh, Iowa State-Baylor? Iowa State-Baylor, possibly. But I, I my money's here, you know, for with, uh, with K-State and Okie State. So... I, uh it's a shame that this game has to be on because this is a really a great opportunity for K-State to go on the road and win another one. And if you can do that in front of a national TV audience, that would even bring more eyeballs to your program. So uh, like I said, it's going to be a great game. Uh, I encourage folks uh, to uh, to investigate and make sure that you get ESPN
1: Plus, get, make sure everything's lined up uh, maybe a day or two in advance. Or just find a stream on a... On a website of ill repute, and uh, do it that way, or go to the game, or go to the game. Short drive, yes. Yeah, in, in Stillwater's a Fun Town, Stillwater's a Fun Town, you you can smoke cigarettes in the bars there, or at least you could. That can yeah, you could. Oh, I said years ago, yeah. So yeah, take a blast into the past and uh, go down and visit Stillwater.
0: Great place to go watch a game. Friendly folks, uh, can't recommend it enough. So folks, that'll do it here for this edition of the Short Side Option Podcast. Uh, Thanks for listening, and go Cats!